Today, we are going to continue in our series that we've been in called Come Together. And uh, really interesting that, uh, you know, that as all the events that are unfolding in our culture today and in our world and our country today, that um, as we've preached through this book of Romans, started way back in January of 2019, that, that as we come to the, the things that our country's facing today and our world is facing today, that God has led us to start this sermon series just because it's the next thing to preach. God's timing is perfect. He knew that we needed to hear what we're hearing right now at this point in time in history. And so he's brought us this message series, I do believe that, called Come Together. And we're going to continue in that today. And, uh, but, but let me get started today by asking you a question. I know if you're a little bit younger today, you're, you may go, what in the world are you talking about? But, just, but maybe, you've, maybe you've heard about this before. But do you know that 35 years ago, tomorrow, there was a big musical event that took place that was a worldwide event that was designed to help a country that was in need. Um, all these bands, big famous rock and roll bands, some of you know bands, names like Queen and U2 and all these bands, all these bands got together and they did two big concerts. One was in Wembley Stadium in England and one was in, I think the other was in Philadelphia here in the United States. And then they would ask on television for people to send in donations and they raised money for a, for a country to help that country. So the whole world through music came together to raise money to come to the aid of some people. What was it called? Live Aid. Some of you remember that? If, you, if, you, if you're not old enough really to, to remember that or you, maybe you've heard a little bit about it, Google it and, and see what it was all about. It's really kind of a, a, a really cool thing where the world came together through music to help the country of what? Ethiopia. Remember, it was Ethiopia. And so they were helping Ethiopia. Well, it's always a good thing when people come together to help other people. It's always a good thing when we pool our resources and we, we get on one, you know, one path for one mission, one purpose to help other people. Well, since tomorrow is the 35th anniversary of Live Aid, I've titled today's message, Our Live Aid. We're going to see what the Apostle Paul says about coming to the aid of people in very practical and personal terms and for their physical needs, but also people that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're going to be talking about what Paul has to say about coming to the aid of people. So our live aid. Now for the past few weeks, we've been in a series of messages titled Come Together, and we've been talking about how we as believers can be advocates for unity within the body of Christ, but also within our own communities. And we've been learning all of this from uh, the Apostle Paul in a letter that he wrote to the church in Rome. Now, we're really deep into the letter right now. I mean, you know, he didn't write the, we divided it up into chapters and paragraphs and all that kind of stuff and gave the scriptures number, but we're really deep into the letter. We're, the Romans 16 chapters, we're in chapter 15, and, and we're, we're deep into chapter 15. So we're getting close to the, to the end of all this. But the Roman church, and you, you may have heard this as we've gone through this, um, if you're new to us, I'm going to give you a little background here. If you're watching online, thank you, by the way, for watching online, and, and um, hopefully you'll start a watch party and share this with some of your friends. But, but um, you remember some of the things we've talked about. I've said this almost every week, but the Roman church was primarily comprised of two groups of people. There were Jews that had converted to Christianity, and there were Gentiles who had converted to Christianity. And so the Jews, they come from a background of, of um, following God, you know, the God of 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, our God, they, they, they followed God. And they were given the law of God, uh, you know, through Moses, they were given the Mosaic laws, and they followed these rules and regulations, and the Old Testament, we know that. And then there's, they're in the, and so these people now, some of them have been getting saved, they're in, and Paul's writing this letter to the church in Rome, some of them were in the Roman church, and they've placed their faith and trust in Jesus, and they come from that background. <clears throat> but then there are these Gentiles who come from all kind of pagan belief systems. They, they just come from all kind of worshiping all kind of false gods and idols and stuff. And many of them are giving their lives to Christ, becoming believers. And they're in the same church with the Jews. And, uh, and what complicates this even more is that there's a history between Gentiles and Jews. Because in the Jewish nation's history, there are a number of times, I'm gonna give you two examples, uh, one uh, by the Babylonians for 70 years and by the Egyptians for 430 years, that's 500 years, that the Jews were held in captivity. They were literally owned. They were slaves to Gentiles. And so there's this history of slavery between these two groups of people. And now we're removed from that number of years. And now these people are coming, Christ has come on the scene and they're becoming believers. They're in the same church together. And so there's all these tensions in the church. All through Romans, this letter that Paul wrote, he's been addressing many of these tensions. But think about it. They come from completely different cultural backgrounds, worshiping different gods and all that kind of stuff. And then in addition to that, some people are brand new to any kind of faith, and especially Christianity, and some people are more mature in their faith, so you've got those kind of differences. And then there's this tension that exists because one group of people, the Gentiles, literally used to own the Jews as slaves. And so there was probably stories being told to these Jews about how their ancestors were mistreated by the Gentiles who owned them. And now they're Christians and they're in the same church and, and they're, they're trying to work out their differences and worship together. And, and so Paul's addressing all of these things with them in chapter 15. And um, he's always talking about that. So there's tension in their relationships and he's telling them how to get along. Now he's told them some things. And I'm going to real briefly tell you what so far, what we've studied in Romans 15. But first of all, Paul said, if we're going to come together, which is the title of our sermon series, if we're going to come together, if we're going to have harmony, if we're going to have unity among, uh, among believers and in our communities and all, that first of all, we have to, as individuals, we have to have a high regard for other people who are created in the image of God and, and, more, and, a, and, a, and a lower regard for ourselves. We have to put others ahead of ourselves. We have to, the scriptures tell us to love our brother and, and sisters as ourself, love our neighbor as ourself. And, and we have to follow the example of Jesus Christ. He said that. Jesus who came in the form of a servant, in the form of a man, in the form of a servant, and, and was obedient to the point of death, death on the cross at that, tells us in Philippians. And then he tells us the second thing we need to do if we're going to have unity is that we need to all be singing out of the same songbook. He says, look, you can't have a bunch of different rules. You can't be following your own guidelines. You need to follow the same thing. And that thing that you need to be following is the word of God. So he says you need to, so in, in our context today, it would be we need to focus on the scriptures and see what scriptures tell us about how we're supposed to act, believe, and the attitudes we're supposed to have and all those kind of things as people who are created in the image of God and are put on the planet to bring God glory. So how, how are we supposed to do that? And then we learned that it's God's desire that we live in harmony, that he wants us all to get along. 
that we're created in his image and it brings him glory. It puts a smile on God's face when we all get along. And we learn that it's Christ's example again that we need to follow. And we learn that the only way we can get that right, because we're flawed, sinful human beings, the only way we can get that right is if the Holy Spirit of God lives in us to help us get it right. And the only way the Holy Spirit of God can live in us is if we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior so that we're saved and and the Holy Spirit's in us and helping us to, to live out the gospel and live out our faith in the Christian community. And then last week we learned that sharing the gospel message is more important than our own personal feelings or agenda. That, that, that it's more important to share the gospel message, it's more important to be on God's agenda than our own agenda. Well, today we're gonna see that Paul um, is going, gonna demonstrate some of these things from his own personal example. The, uh, let's listen to the passage and then we'll talk about it a little bit. It's, we're in Romans today, if you've got your Bibles with you, chapter 15. We're going to be looking at verses 24 through 29. Words will be up on the screen if you want to follow along there. Paul writes, and he says, so he's, he's writing to the Christians, Jews and Gentiles. He's writing to that, those groups, the Christians in the church in Rome. He says, I hope to see you guys in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey to Spain by you. Once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it. In other words, those churches that gave a collection, took up a collection to help the Jerusalem church, they were pleased to do it. And indeed, they owe it to the Jews. Why? Because the Gentiles have come to share in the Jews' spiritual blessings. We have salvation available to us through the nation of Israel because Jesus was a Jew and because God came to the Jews and gave them the law and then through that lineage comes Jesus. So he says, Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings. They ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. You ought to be willing to help your brothers and sisters in Christ. After all, that's how you became a Christian through the things that happened in their nation. And, and then he says, when therefore I have completed this, in other words, when I've gone to give this collection that I've taken up to the Jews in Jerusalem that are in need of help, to the Christian Jews there, and I've delivered to them what's been collected, I will leave for Spain. Then I'm going to start, I'm going to head off to Spain and I'm going to go by way of you. In other words, I'm going to stop in Rome and see you guys on the way to Spain. And he says, and I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this passage. We thank you as we look at Paul's example from his own life that we can see some things that we need to be doing in our own lives, God, so that we can live in unity with our fellow believers and and other people. God, that we can see from Paul's personal example that he walked his talk and that he didn't just preach these messages, but he lived them. God, help us to be people that live your word, not just, be, like as James says, help us to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. So God, open our ears now and open our hearts. Open us and change our attitudes if they need to be changed. Do whatever you need inside of us, God, so we embrace your word. We internalize it and we try to live it. And we will give you the glory for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Amen. All right. Well, as we look at this, I want you to notice something right off the bat. This is an interesting place in Scripture because Paul has been giving all of these instructions. He goes, okay, this is how you live in unity. You got to put other people ahead of yourself. You're going to need help. The Holy Spirit's going to need to live in you. It brings glory to God when you do this. And he's been giving them all these instructions that we talked about a moment ago. And then when we get to this little place in the Scripture, it's like Paul changes directions all of a sudden. He starts talking about his plans. And it almost looks like he's okay, he's through teaching. Okay, I'm just going to tell you what I'm up to. I'm going to tell you what my plans are, when I'm coming to see you, how I'm going to come see you, and all those kind of things. But when you look at what he says, we can see from his actions things that we need to be doing if we want to see unity in the church and unity in our communities and our culture and in our world. So let's look at this. I want you to, 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 to see this. Now, remember just a few verses back, Paul talked about unity and harmony. And, uh, and he says that we need harmony of purpose. And I, I think I want to remind you of that because he basically says that all of us, all of us need to be focused on one purpose, living for Jesus and advancing the kingdom of God. He, he never says when he talks about unity, he never says when he talks about harmony that all of us should be exactly the same. He doesn't say that, that at all. Matter of fact, we're all created in the image of God. It doesn't matter where we're from, what our ethnicity is, what our race is, what, you know, what color we are, it, it, where we're from. It doesn't matter. We're all created in the image of God and um, we're all unique. And, we, uh, and matter of fact, th th this, um, th these verses actually speak to diversity actually a little bit because you see the power of diversity. Because you see, because we're created unique, because, you know, um, some of us are white, some of us are black, some of us are Hispanic, we're Asian, we're Indian, whatever, the, whatever our race is. And because you've been brought up in a particular culture, maybe, uh, you've learned things, God has taught you things. You have a certain level of education. You have certain levels of life experience and work experience. You have a certain personality. You have things that are you're passionate about in your life and, and, and things that get you all stirred up in your life and all that. You're all unique. And I, we're, I'm unique. We're all like that. And we're all wired differently. But God created us that way because he knows that when we all come together and we all bring our uniqueness, we bring our gifts, our talents, our abilities, our personalities, our passions, all these things, when we bring them together and we bring them together for one purpose, and that is to advance the kingdom of God and bring him glory, that that is an incredibly powerful thing. And so that's what Paul is talking about here. In, in all of this unity thing, he's talking about how all of us should be on the same page. And, and we can't let our attention be taken away from the main thing. The reason every human being is on the face of this planet, regardless of where they're from, regardless of their color, regardless of what happens to them in life, regardless, every single human being, you and me, all of us, we're on this planet for one thing, and that's to advance the kingdom of God and bring him glory. That's it. That's why you're here. And so that's what the Bible does. It gives us instruction that if we follow, we will do that thing. And so Paul begins to talk about that. He says, don't get sidetracked. And we're going to see that. Don't get sidetracked. Don't begin to think about other things. Don't start thinking about yourself. Start your goal, your agenda should be to advance the kingdom and bring God Glory. So he said, then he begins to demonstrate in his own life things that need to be done. And listen to what he says. The first thing I want you to see is that he says one of the things we need to be doing as believers, individually, as believers, no matter who you are, where you are, 
You need to be sharing the gospel with everybody. Danny talked a little bit about this, Pastor Danny did last week, but you need to be sharing the gospel with everyone. Look at verse 24. He says, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you. Once, he says, once I've enjoyed your company for a while. Now, this little passage doesn't seem like it says very much. It just seems like Paul's going, hey, I'm going to Spain and I'm going to drop by and see you guys on the way. That's kind of what it, it seems like it's saying. But the thing that I want you to see here is Paul has this heartfelt desire to share the gospel with every single person on the planet. Because you see, by Paul saying, I want to go to Spain, there's significance in that. Because at the time this was written, the, the western edges of Spain were considered the edge of the civilized world. And it had, and, and Rome, because of the Roman, the real intricate and very good system of roads in Rome, they had now created a way for you to get to that region pretty easily. And there were all these people going there and cities were springing up and commerce was taking place and, and people were coming from all over the world. And so there, all these different religious beliefs. And Paul knew that if he could just get there, that there would be this real opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with all kinds of people who had never heard it. So what I want you to see is Paul's heart to share the gospel of Jesus with everybody. Because Paul knows something. One of the things that we as believers need to be unified around, one of the things that our attention needs to be focused on is sharing the gospel with others to share the gospel with people all over the world. And that's what Paul is saying. And he says, hey, I'm on the way. I, I hope to stop by and see you guys and we're gonna have a good time while we're there. But that, and, and he goes, and matter of fact, he even says, we'll talk about this in a minute. He goes, and while I'm there visiting you, since you know I'm going to Spain, I might even want you to help me out just a little bit. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But, but I want you to see how Paul was focused. He, he was focused on mission. He was focused on taking the gospel to other people, to advance the kingdom, to tell other people about Jesus. And, and he wanted the Romans there to know that that's what they needed to be focused on as well. Only one thing matters, the advancement and the proclamation of the gospel. Now listen to the rest of the verse. He says, uh, he goes, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you. But Paul actually sets an expectation for the Romans. He's actually sort of preaching a little sermon right here. They don't even know it. He, he, he's reaching out to them. He's saying, listen, I hope that you'll help me out. As I'm headed to Spain to take the gospel, I hope that as I meet with you guys and we have fellowship and we have fun and we get to know each other a little bit better and I get to talk to you, that hopefully you guys will help me on my journey. You'll help my missional cause to go to Spain. He gives them to something to focus on. And, and I think that that encourages harmony because you see, when we're focused on the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom, we push other things aside. We go, no, this is our goal. This is our mission. As a follower of Jesus Christ, my goal is to share the gospel with everybody I can because the world needs Jesus. And, and we're gonna see, and we, we already know, but we're gonna see again, the answer to problems of unity and harmony and getting along and loving each other and, and living in peace and the, the answer to all of that is the gospel. It's Jesus. And so that's what Paul is saying, we need to advance this. But then Paul does something interesting. He says, I need to go there, but listen to the rest, of, listen to some more of the passage. He also says we should be focused on ministering to our fellow believers in need. 
This is that, you know, this is sort of that our live aid thing. In Romans 15, 25 through 28, he says, at present, however, he goes, I'm going to Spain. That's my plan. I'm going there. And I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to need you to help me out with it. I'm coming through Rome. I want you to help me out. But at present, right now, though, before I do that, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. And I'm going to take some aid to the saints there. And then he says, because in Macedonia and Achaia, I've been pleased to make, they've been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. In other words, these Gentile churches, there's a little message being preached here to the Romans, these Gentile churches take, took up offerings to send to Jews in Jerusalem who were being persecuted. And he says, and they were pleased to do it. And indeed, they owe it to them for the... For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought to also be of service to them in material blessings. And then he says that he will, when he's completed all this, he will, he will uh, leave for Spain by way of the people in Rome. So Paul makes something else clear to you and me, that another goal of ours for unity is that the church needs to take care of its own. The church needs to take care of believers everywhere. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility to help everybody that we can, and it doesn't diminish in any way, shape, or form the responsibility that we have to take the gospel to the four corners of earth. The Bible tells us to go make, in Matthew, to go, Matthew to make, go make disciples of all nations. So we need to go out and take the gospel in missions, but we also have a responsibility to minister to people in need that are around us. And he makes reference to that here. Think about it. Most of the believers in Jerusalem were Jewish. And because they had converted to Christianity, many of their families wouldn't have anything to do with them. Many of the other Jewish, Jews that owned businesses wouldn't do business with the Jews that had converted to Christianity. So a lot of the Jews that had converted to Christianity in Jerusalem were having problems. They, they didn't have money to eat. They were struggling. So Paul takes up an offering from Gentile churches for the purpose of going and giving it to the Jews. And so for the Romans that have Jews and Gentiles in the congregation, this is sending a very important message that we're all in this together, that, that it's about advancing the kingdom, about promoting the gospel, and we need to support each other. And he's given them an example that these Gentile churches are helping the Jewish church in Jerusalem. And he writes, he preaches this little sermon to them and lets them see that happening. And he's also doing, I think this is kind of funny. He also does something here that preachers like to do. He subtly in this, did you notice this? He subtly, very subtly, and with much skill and perfect articulation, he sets the Romans up for an offering that's going to be taken up. I love that. Preachers love that. I like it when I'm in the middle of a passage and then I, I talk about it and I help you see the need and I just get your heart there and you're just going, oh, and then I go, and by the way, I need you to help. That's what he's doing. That's what Paul's doing. He's telling the Romans, oh, I'm going to go share the gospel with the people in Spain. And you all know about Spain. Those people are crazy out there. They're just sinners. They need Jesus so bad. Oh, and by the way, I need you to help me out just a little bit. How do you think he was going to ask them to help? Pass the plate. Of course, if they were experiencing COVID-19, put the money in the box. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. 
But he's, the point here is this. We should always be focused on helping people in need. Paul says that's part of bringing unity into the church and, and into our world. Paul set aside a mission trip here. He delayed it a little bit. Now, he wasn't saying that I'm not going to do missions. He wasn't speaking against missions or diminishing missions, foreign missions. He wasn't doing that at all. He was just saying, hey, there's a priority. There's a need right now among some believers, and I'm going to go do that, and then my plan is still to go on to Spain, and I'm going to need you guys to help me out. And and, and I want to just make a quick little statement, and I think this can help us out. Here's what we can learn from Paul's example right here. This is a powerful statement, although it's something that I think we know. But guys, listen to me. Missions don't just happen in faraway places. You know, earlier we saw, it happens right here. You know, earlier we saw on the screen our student ministry working with Faith Extreme and ministering to to kids that, that are in some difficult situations and circumstances. Do you know that that's missions? That's missions right here at home. And you know that right now with all the pandemic and with this this coronavirus and all this stuff that we're dealing with right now, you know, we're limited to travel and stuff like that. And a lot of missions, things have been put on hold like foreign missions. But, But don't let that discourage you and don't think that you can't do missions because did you know that your next door neighbor is a great place to start your missions? We can share Jesus with the people that live next door. We can get involved in things locally to help. You know, at Heartland, we try to do that a lot of ways. We try to do things like we get involved in Faith Extreme, but we also, we support financially organizations in town that do ministries and stuff. And we try our best to be engaged in local missions. And the point is simply this, that if we're gonna come together, if there's gonna be unity, we've got to love the people that are near to us, love the people that are far away, and we've got to reach out and try to do our best to everybody. And we've got to focus, but here's the thing, Our focus, the reason, we don't just do missions to those kids at Faith Extreme. We just don't go there so that they can have some fun for a couple days. Oh, we want them to have fun. And, and, you know, Sean and his group that lead that, they want them to have fun. But the point is that we get to share the gospel with them. The point is we get to advance the kingdom. And and then hopefully those kids will internalize some of this and take it to their homes and maybe some homes will be mended and maybe some parent's life will be changed because of a child that went to a camp. See, that's what Paul is saying right here. Paul is saying that we need to care for people far away, but we also need to care for people that are near to us. Missions don't just take place in faraway places. And then Paul goes on and he says that we should focus on the gospel. Romans 15, 29, he says, I know that when I come to you, to Rome, when I come to Rome, Stop by, visit with you guys. I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. Now, Paul says that he will come when he's there, that Christ will bless their time together. Now, the reason that Paul believes that is because Paul knows that wherever he goes, that the gospel is going to be proclaimed, and God is going to bless that. I want to read to you, you know, our mission statement here at Heartland is to love Jesus and love each other and love our world. Paul describes his mission statement in another letter that he wrote. He wrote a letter to a church in the city of Colossa, to the Colossians. And he was telling them uh, about his ministry and, and what God had called him to do. And I want you to just read this real quick. Colossians 1, 24 through 29. Paul says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister. Uh, Okay, he says he became a minister, verse 25, according to the stewardship from God. In other words, he was called by God. God called him to do what he was doing. And then he says, 
I, I got this ministry from God, stewardship from God that was given to me. And here's what, one of the things he's supposed to do, to make the word of God fully known. That's proclaiming the gospel. And he goes, that, that, was, that, that word of God was a mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To his saints, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then he says in verse 28, he gives us more of his mission. It's him, Jesus, that we proclaim. We warn everyone and teach everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. And he goes, it's, it, that's the reason that I toil and I struggle with all this energy that powerfully works within me. Paul says, listen, my ministry is about one thing. My purpose for being on this planet is about one thing. As believers, our purpose for being on the planet is one thing, and it's this, proclaiming the gospel and helping people grow in their relationship with Jesus. That's why we're here. You say, well, how does that work practically? Well, you know what? If you're married and you're in a marriage, then your marriage should bring glory to God. You should live inside the context of your marriage the way God says to do it. And your marriage ought to bring God glory. If you're, if you're a student, where, you know, if you're at school, you should live your life in such a way that people see Jesus in you wherever you go. They see kindness and they see hope and they see people that care and all that. So you see that. So proclaiming the gospel and helping people grow in their relationship with Christ. And that's something that will bring us all together. And Paul knew that. See, guys, he, you know, when he's talking about unity, I, I want to make something real clear in all of this. Paul's talking about proclaiming the gospel and he's talking about making the message of Jesus known throughout the world and even locally. And all the things that he's talking to us about, he's, he's talking about unity of purpose. Remember what I said a few weeks ago? Unity, from a scriptural standpoint, unity is not, it's about oneness. It's not about sameness. Unity doesn't mean that I have to look like you. It doesn't mean that I have to um, talk like you. It doesn't mean that my skin color has to be the same as yours. It doesn't mean that I have to hold exactly the same uh, little bitty intricate philosophy on everything in life that you do. But what it does mean is that I am unified with you and my, and my life is centered around the Word of God and what God says. And we might have some slight differences, but unity is about oneness. We all come together and we say we have one purpose and our purpose is to bring God glory. And our purpose is to advance the kingdom of God. That's, that's what we're all about. And what Paul is trying to say in so many ways, he's approached it from different angles. He's basically saying, listen, let's just use the Jews and Gentiles for a moment. He's saying, listen, guys, I know that you got some differences. And I know that there's a history between you. I know that, I, I know that you've got, you know, the Jews come from the background of the law and Moses and all this kind of stuff, you, you know, and, and God coming and, and, you know, Jesus coming through the, the nation of Israel. And I know that Gentiles, that you guys come from these different backgrounds and you've worshiped all kind of pagan gods and all that. And I know some of you are spiritually immature. Some of you are spiritually mature. And I know that you Jews have, have had a rough past. And I know that these Gentile nations have literally owned you at times and treated you horrifically at times. But, but listen to what Paul says. In Romans, he says, but, and he's talking to every single individual person. 
He says, but as far as it depends on you, you live at peace with everyone. And then in other places in the Bible, he goes, if someone has wronged you, he goes, if they strike you on one cheek, you turn the other. How many times are you supposed to forgive someone? And you know the analogy there, you just forgive them. And he said, here's the deal. You've got to forgive people and you've got to love people and you've got to try to live at peace with people. And here's why. Because if you don't do any of those things, it's going to distract you from your purpose. Your purpose is to bring glory to God. And if you try to bring glory to God and you say, well, well the only way I can do, the, if the gospel, it's not that simple. I know the gospel, I know Jesus. I know we need to focus on Jesus, but you don't understand, I've got this past. The moment you say, I, it's my past plus Jesus, you've changed the gospel. Listen, if any of us got what we deserved, Jesus Christ wouldn't die on that cross for our sins. He says, here's what you need. If you're going to have unity, you need to focus on one thing. Stop thinking about all this other stuff. Stop thinking about if you've been mistreated. Stop thinking about if you mistreated somebody. Listen, you ask forgiveness of that. You ask for forgiveness where it needs to be asked, and you ask Jesus to forgive you. But then you stand up and you go, here's my purpose in life, to advance the kingdom of God and bring glory to God. And if you'll all sing out of the same songbook and you'll make that your purpose, we will not have problems they'll all go away. We'll be more concerned about somebody coming to know Jesus than we are about our personal agendas. About getting back at somebody for something or punishing somebody for something. It's not your job to punish anybody. I don't care who you are. It's not my job to punish anybody. I don't care who I, I am. I, it's, it's not my job. The Bible says that one day we will all stand before Jesus Christ and give an account of deeds done in the body. And his judgment will be just and it will be dealt fairly, but that's his job. Our job is to love our neighbor as ourselves. Our job is to proclaim the gospel and advance the kingdom of God so that we bring God glory. Try to do that in your life. Try your best to do that day in and day out. If we will do that, there will be more love flowing than we've ever seen flow. If we will do that, there will be more forgiveness than we've ever seen given. If we'll do that, it'll change our world. Jesus is the answer.